Hi, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z today, talking about Big Shot, the new Disney show with John Stamos. Have mercy. I'm joking, of course. <laughs> Big Shot, the song, the legendary classic song by Billy Joel that kicks off the Grammy-winning sixth and classic studio album entitled 52nd Street. This was the second single released off the album on January 1979, and on March 24th, 1979, the song peaked at number 14 on the charts. In the ranking, Christopher Bonanos, New York Magazine, rankings of 121 Billy Joel songs. Elon, where does Big Shot fit in the Billy Joel catalog, according to Christopher Bonanos? I'm going big on this one. I'm going to say number six. Wow. No, you are way off. He goes down to 46 on this one. This guy has lost all credibility. <laughs> It is shocking, but he says, seems out of proportion, falls down our list for the, this This is why he put it down on 4646 46 for the, no, 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 big shot. Apparently, he <laughs> hates that part. No, 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 you had to be a big shot. Big shot. And put it down on 46. He says, it's just ridiculous, but play it in a room full of music snobs and they know every single word. So apparently that pisses them off as well that everybody knows all the words, but isn't that the fun? In the Newsday article, uh, go figure, Elon, Glenn Gamboa has it at six. As oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Do I win a prize? Does Glenn Gamboa give me like a free subscription to Newsday? No, you win nothing. Oh. He says it's Joel's best structured song from a songwriting standpoint, gets in some good natured jabs about celebrities, both generally and specifically. He makes the verses sound like hard hitting bits of strutting cool the way the song subject sees himself coming close to Joel's teenage heavy metal roots. The taunting chorus, though, takes on a circus feel the cartoonish way others see Big Shot. So he, he just couldn't give it its props all the way through. And the fans, out of 121, and I think I would be good with this, rank it at 20. So ran the gamut on that, uh, on the rankings list. Yeah, we're all over the place with those rankings. So on average, it's the 20-something best Billy Joel song. Yeah, I would say that's uh, for sure. This is probably the biggest hit. I mean, Allentown, we did since we've started the podcast. Big Shot is huge, and it was huge, and it was a great song, and it's a big song. And again, we are fortunate enough to have an old-fashioned video. <laughs> oh, God, this video. There's two of them. Yeah, right. Well, the second one with Pamela Stevenson is what I was telling you about where I was positive in the eighties, they redid some videos and now I know for sure I'm, I'm not crazy. I remembered in the eighties, I'm like, wait, how did they make this video? You know, it looks old, but then Pamela Stevenson's in it, which makes no sense. Pamela Stevenson, who I believe became a therapist to the stars. She's a celebrity therapist. Now I never had heard of her. Well, she was on Saturday Night Live, and she was in History of the World Part 1, 
uh, they, you know, where Mel Brooks kept going, it's good to be the king. You know, she was the, the, the hot girl. And then she became a therapist. Like she's all serious now and stuff. And, but she was in this odd, very odd music video, which combines the one that he made in 1979 and just, they redid them. I don't know why I, that's why I could swear they, I remember in the eighties, I'm sure he redid piano man as well. Like made a video for piano man. I, yeah. I haven't seen it. I know I'm not crazy though. Well, he, Billy's a smart guy. So when MTV became a big craze, he probably said, look, I got these videos. Why don't we just redo them a little bit? And all of a sudden, here's content. Yeah, I guess so. But what an what an interesting video. I mean, it's just it's right up there with the all for Lena. <laughs> but it's it's insane. Yeah, I think the video is a good example of how Billy Joel often performed this song live. It's like for once, he's not behind the piano. So he just gets out all of his front man energy and does all sorts of front man moves. And the whole thing is a little silly. And when you see him do, you know, some of the live performances, like the one in Houston in 1979, where he's doing the, the Nazi leg kicks. Yeah. What was with that? And then speaking German at the end. Yes. I was going to say, was that German? Was I hearing German? Yeah. That, I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I don't know why. And maybe because he was in Houston, uh, maybe it's a very anti-Semitic town. So he's just like, maybe to fit in, I'll, I don't, I, I don't know. I think in a way that he's kind of trying to channel the character that he's singing about in Big Shot. And so he was becoming like, what if I was just the worst front man? And I was some guy who got in front of a huge crowd and started doing Nazi salutes. If that's what helps you sleep at night, then uh, I'll go with that, too. But that performance is really wild. You guys have to watch it. 1979 in Houston. He looks like he is just on a coke fueled rampage running around the stage. His singing, the thing is this, he's not the kind of guy who's used to running around the stage like some front men are. So you could tell he gets kind of out of breath. But this is a good song for that because it's not that hard for him to sing it. But it's just, it's very frantic. The whole thing is frantic. He's doing all sorts of crazy things. He's smacking people, their hands in the front row. Well, I don't actually, know. It it doesn't, actually, he was pulling his hand away. It looked like he was pre-COVID. He didn't want to touch anybody's hands. Yeah, maybe he's one of those. Uh, he's like Mark folks. Summers from, from Double Dare. <laughs> right or uh, Howie Mandel yeah he was like oh I'll do fist bumps but uh, I'm not gonna just uh, touch you guys yeah he looks like he was pulling his hands away he was going to smack them and then he didn't it looked like he smacked like two of them like gave him five and then that was like enough for him he's just, he was just trying to get all of the different frontman things he's seen from other cool front men do well it's really funny did you see that one girl who's just staring at him singing along with them with the googly eyes uh, it was really funny I mean it's so obvious uh, you know when you're in that position, but it's but it's that's in that same uh, segment with the hands before he when he's just looking at the people in the audience like that staring. There's this one girl who's just staring at him like, you know. Afterwards, if you want to get something to eat, uh, whatever you know. And he was like, like, "I'm a happily married man." <laughs> was just kidding. Man? When was that? That was 1979. 79. He was still married to his first wife. Or am I thinking about the Nassau Coliseum show in 1982? Because that one, that, that he went crazy on that one. He was doing a backwards dive off the piano, or he was threatening <laughs> to do a backwards dive off the piano. And that's when he starts doing, come on, we'll do another kamikaze shot, another kamikaze shot. Like he's screaming. And I don't know whether you've heard the Essential Video Collection one, which I believe is one from MSG in 1999, one of the best big shot live performances I've ever heard. It's really rousing and good. And in that one, he's like, have another margarita. Well, have, don't throw up in my shoes or whatever. Like, 
I really see this is it. He's definitely playing his character. He's playing it up big time, but he's playing himself because he says this has been him also. It's about, you know, let's say Bianca Jagger, but it's also about him. He's had these mornings. He's hung over. He's like, wow, you were a big, big shot last night. And the way he acts in these live performances is playing that up. Yeah, that makes, of course, sense. And like you said, it's supposed to be about Bianca Jagger. Uh, like, they, you know, the, the the word is that they went on a they went, had dinner together once, but it's not about his relationship with Bianca Jagger. It's something he saw about Mick and Bianca, which makes sense. But the reason why the song works so well is because most of us, besides, again, you who got you know married at 12, uh, have been on a date with a girl that is just so insane and you can't do anything to stop her. And that's why this is a great song for everyone. <laughs> Everybody's had a night like that. I'm just kidding with you because I'm sure you even had a friend or something that you hang out with. Uh, yeah, we all know somebody who just goes a little too far when you're out and you have to try to you're like, OK, good, good. Yeah, that's that's that was fun. Now let's uh, let's go home now. Right, right, right. So, I mean, that's why the song works in every level. Did you see the 2006 Madison Square Garden performance? Probably, but I don't remember. What is it that you want to say? Okay, so in this one, 2006 Madison Square Garden, he makes this into like his rap song, which he does sometimes also. He puts on a backwards baseball cap and poses like he's some kind of MC from the 80s. And he sings the whole thing with like those rapper hand motions. It's really cringy, but it's kind of like if you ask someone in their mid 50s, like he was at the time, you know, to be a rapper, uh, this is, I guess, what it would be. Oh. There's a 1993 River of Dreams one. Did you see that one? River of Dreams tour. He pretends to pull his dick out. What? Yeah, he does. He like puts the zipper down and then back up again. No, I didn't see that one or the rap one. Thank goodness, because I think it would have soured me on Billy Joel. So I'm glad that's I the thing about this those. song. It's it's such a great song, but the live performances are so hit or miss. That's why I like the more recent ones where he just stays behind the piano and, and sings it well without the, the craziness. Or how about this? Between this song and Angry Young Man, how is he so fat? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Between if you open with angry young man, there's so much. And then big shot and you're running around the stage. I mean, how did he get so heavy? Maybe it's all muscle. Yeah, you're probably right. It's just muscular. His his fingers are just giant. They're as big as my biceps. Right. It's just funny. I mean, we've done two songs, you know, pretty close to each other where he's outputting so much energy on stage, even older, that it's surprising that he is, uh, you know, not in better shape. Yeah, totally. You've got to rude, figure what but... what could you expend like four five thousand calories during a concert? Well, that's yeah, that's well. I guess he if he's only doing one a month, I guess then it's not very successful. I guess and then he hibernates. But it seems like he's doing other concerts besides the MSG one. So I don't know, and and I don't even know how you don't have to exercise just to perform every night like that. I mean, even before a concert, you have to stay in shape to just run around and play the piano that furiously. I'm surprised he doesn't have like a workout regimen to just keep performing these, you know, long two hour concerts live. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah, that's why a lot of the older rock stars that you see actually are still really fit. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, right? I remember there's a couple of Bon Jovi videos. I know it seems ridiculous to talk about, but in the 80s when, you know, they were running around on stage, you could see John Bon Jovi, they show him working out and exercising before the show because, you know, he's running around even though he was a young man back then. And, he, you know, obviously he's still in really good shape. But yeah, there, it, it takes so much energy and effort even when I do stupid singing stuff, uh, you know, just at the comedy cellar, I have to, you know, prepare for like two or three weeks just to not drink and make sure my voice is okay. And and that's just for one show. And, you know, I'm not a singer really, but you know what I mean? It's just, 
Like, again, with those cigarettes, he just doesn't care. He's like Babe Ruth, okay? So there's some athletes who have to work out and all that and eat, right? And Babe Ruth was having hot dogs in between innings. So some people just have it naturally. Elon, you just made the best example that anyone could ever make. That's perfect. Now you've just put it into complete perspective. He is Babe Ruth. He's the Babe Ruth of music. There it is. Yeah, that's great. That could be his new nickname because you have, you know, Elvis Presley, King of Rock and Roll, and Michael Jackson, King of Pop, and Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Billy Joel is the Babe Ruth of music. He is that. And of course, he would be flattered by the comparison since apparently he loves the Yankees. Eh, whatever. Good guy. Great taste. Shut up. You know, the other thing about this song is, I mean, these are those lyrics, you know, the the reason we like Billy Joel again, I say it all the time, but I mean, everybody knows the opening lyrics. It's like, well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine Park Avenue clothes. You had a Don Perignon in your hand and a spoon up your nose. I mean, everybody knows, everybody knows the opening lyrics of that. It's one of those songs. And it's such a interesting lyrics for people to know all the lyrics. And when you see people at a concert and they just know everything like that, it really is exciting yeah i mean this is a song i feel like is in my head at least five times a week i just sing it in my head constantly i never get sick of it and i probably hear it on the radio maybe three times a week every week for like the last 25 years that's like i did the math that could be 3750 times almost 4,000 times maybe more that i've heard this song and i'm not sick of this song let's also after you know, after the stranger, he comes out with this unbelievable second album, or like a, yeah, the follow up to the stranger, the follow up to the stranger, which of course is the most complicated thing of all to do, and this is what kicks off the album. And then you're sitting there, if you're becoming a Billy Joel fan, and he's just going, no, 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 you want to be a big shot, <laughs> I mean, that's funny. And if you get it, you're like, oh my god, I love this guy. That's hilarious. That he's yeah, he's doing. so theatrical. Yeah, I mean, it's really great to just. Uh, I mean, I know. Christopher Bonanos hates it, but I, I mean, that was my favorite part of the song. It was really funny, and I don't think it ruined it in any way or anything. I thought it made it. This, look, this guy's putting his, what he does, he's, he's, not, he's not taking everything so serious. He writes really serious ballads, and his voice is perfect, but then he also writes fun songs like these. Right. It's a fun song. What kind of accent do you think is, I, I'm trying to figure out what that is. The no, no, I, no, no, no. I was assuming it was Italian. I was thinking like maybe Eastern European. I, well, I, you know, you had to be a big shot, didn't you? No, no, because in 1979, there's no way anybody knew what that was. That would, you know, nobody knew what Borat was, right? I just don't <laughs> see there was no family guy to make fun of people, the Eastern European. So I, I feel like he was doing Italian. I mean, that's what he knows. And my wife, she's a big shot. <laughs> she puts spoon up nose. <laughs> I mean, if that was Eastern European, then he really is the shit. He is the man. He discovered this, uh, you know, years from now, this is going to be, it'll be great because you'll see Eastern Europeans become more prominent and he's, he's foreshadowing 20 years from now. But I guess when you are prolific in the way you write music and lyrics, then maybe he was able to, I mean, he certainly was around the world at that time. So maybe he did know. You know, more what we didn't know back here at that point, because we I think like, where he's oh. from in Long Island, there are a lot of like there were first generation immigrants who probably had funny accents that he could use in his songs. Yeah, but again, there might have been. But back then they weren't going out and partying or wearing those suits like they again, where they, uh, you know, where they're, where they're cool, not 1979. So they wouldn't be going, no, you had to be, you know, like they, it would, it would be more like the, the, the broken English, uh, Luigi from the Simpsons, you know, <laughs> I, I just don't think they'd be that outspoken where he'd, you know, say this in a song. 
Yeah, actually, I think he kind of invented an act. Like, no one speaks like that at all. No one says big shot. It's in a way, it's kind of like a Peter Laurie thing. Mm, that's good. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. But either way, I like it. And this song is so singable. It's just really good for karaoke. Have you heard the demo? I've heard the demo. Without the guitar riff? Yeah, I don't. I always wonder how they decided to that it needed the guitar riff because that is what makes the song obviously so cool. And, that, and you know, that guy, Steve Kahn, that's in the video in the opening, you know, he's a jazz guitarist. Uh, you know, he doesn't do songs like this for him to like step up and just go crazy. I think it's him, right? Well, I read that. Yeah, I think. Well, you, I'm not sure about that in the video. If, if you say that's who it is, I believe it. Um, but Liberty DeVito did mention that uh, I guess the guitar part at the end of the song was recorded in one take by David Brown. But then Billy Joel didn't like it. So it was overdubbed. Well, of course, because Dave Brown is a quarterback for the New York Giants. One of the great Giants 90s quarterbacks, Dave Brown, number 17, maybe <laughs> as 18. Soon as, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, yeah, he's not a guitar player and he's not he's not even a really good quarterback. <laughs> he's average at everything he does. <laughs> good <laughs> so old reliable Dave Brown. Right. That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, and I knew Elon would know. I knew he'd know. Like, I'm like, well, if I mentioned Dave Brown from the Giants, Elon will know. <laughs> like, he had one good season. What a what a great uh, what a great pickup for the Giants and a great year that was. <laughs> he went to the Cardinals. I know for some reason I know this guy's full, and I don't know anything about the quarterbacks before Eli Manning, and Phil Sims. Yeah, Kerry Collins. Oh, God, right. Wasn't he? He was a drunk. <laughs> yeah, he was the Billy Joel of the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> Fun, drunk guy who could get it together on game day. Right. Well, yeah, I like those kind of guys. So Big Shot was the opening song on 52nd Street, and it kind of followed the same pattern as what was so successful on The Stranger, which opened with Moving Out, big guitar song, and then went to The Stranger right after it. And with 52nd Street, big shot, big guitar song into Honesty, mm. which has like a similar kind of slow start like The Stranger does. And I feel like they were like, hey, this worked last time. Let's do it again. That makes sense. Do you know how Glass Houses works? OK, so Glass Houses starts with You May Be Right, which is also sort of similar to these other two songs. But then it goes to sometimes a fantasy, which isn't I wouldn't compare that right. to Honesty. But, so if he had gone with uh, Don't Ask Me Why as the second song, we would have had the same thing. But all right. But still. Unbelievable. Three albums in a row. Just bam, bam, bam in your face. He's the man. He's the man. This is such a great song. I don't care. It can never be overplayed for me. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a big Billy Joel fan, and I mentioned that we were doing Big Shot next. And he said, Big Shot is trash. And I, I can never talk to him again. I have a feeling a lot of people don't care for it, just like what they were saying with the cartoonish way, whatever, even that even the guy that likes it is six. But I think a lot of people feel the way Christopher Bonanos does, I think, about this song unfortunately for us, since we like it so much. Yeah, and my natural impulse as a Billy Joel fan is if someone asked me what my favorite song is, I wouldn't want to say a song like this because then they don't know that you're a real fan. That's why fans like to mention songs that are lesser known because it tells the other person, I know my stuff. But the fact is, no matter how overplayed this song is or that everyone knows it, it's just a really, really good song and it's always going to be one of my favorites. I'm nodding with a big heavy yes on what you just said, but also... I think this is the reason like you and I for sure and, and Danny Vermont who we're going to have as a guest uh, the uh, writer for Real Time with Bill Maher for years. He's coming on uh, after the bees. I think the reason the three of us like Billy Joel besides the obvious musical genius that he is and the, the way he can craft a song is because he's funny. And this is a comical song. 
and he's not taking it seriously. And a lot of musicians can't put a song like this together where it's funny, rocks, it's really good, the lyrics are unbelievable, and, and again, not afraid to be hilarious. And that makes a lot of sense for just, um, just saying the three of us who were comed- who became comedians to enjoy a song like this, you know, again, where you're going to be like, you to be a bitch. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being a serious musician and thinking that was a good plan? And I think that's why we like him. Yeah. This song is so it's the perfect combination funny. of funny and bitter and angry. It's basically the Dave Juskow of Billy Joel songs. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you are right. Now it is time for the trivia portion of our show. Dave, do you have a stumper for me? I do. What legendary Oscar-nominated movie's opening scene was filmed on Elaine's six months after the album was released? There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of hints. That was a good Jeopardy clue because it gives you like a million different things that you could use to get to the answer. That was a good final question, I guess, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, Oscar-nominated film. First scene was at Elaine's. Came out in 1979. That's correct. When people listen to this episode, they're not going to know that we cut out 12 minutes of silence as I thought about (laughs) what the answer could be. (laughs) He got that so fast. I keep thinking of the Muppets take Manhattan. Yes, that's no. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there was something there. Uh, The Muppets take Manhattan was in 84. (laughs) Why do I know that off the top of my head? I want to kill myself. (laughs) But isn't there a scene in Elaine's? No, it's a Sardis, I believe. Sardis, yeah, right. Why well, I did that movie backwards and forward. Shut up. <laughs> it's it's so good. And that's the way we go. Peoples are peoples. <laughs> Is that who Billy Joe was trying to emulate? And no, no, no. <laughs> <The chef laughs> that guy copied Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah, Rizzo the Rat should have been uh, Billy Joel. <laughs> exactly. Well, Billy Joel did do uh, an American uh, we Tale. We just answer the question. What's the uh, matter with you? Trying to stall. I can't. I can't think of an answer. 1979 Oscar nominated. Muppets take Manhattan. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Give me a hint. I need a hint. The hint is that it's a great film, but now people are just angry at it. Is it a Woody Allen movie? Yes. Is it Manhattan? It is. Well done. <laughs> you just. See, I, I needed just a little hint. Just, just. Yeah. People are I angry. Know. Woody Allen. So. The opening scene is filmed in Elaine's, and it's great. But of course, now, you know, look at it differently. (laughs) But I, Dave Juskow, used to go to Elaine's, where all the the fun people go. Uh, Back in around 2000, when I was writing for Maxim Magazine, I would go with my editor all the time. We would hang out. He loved going to Elaine's, even though by then it was, you know, not in its heyday. But I also knew the head chef there for many years, which was the most exciting thing. His name was Barry, and we used to hang out. And it, there was nothing more exciting, even in 2000, to say, well, I know the head chef at Elaine's. Hey, <laughs> yeah. you're okay. I can get us a table. I know the head chef. Well, that was kind of a big deal, even in 2000, even though this is, you know, 20 years after its heyday. But, you know, at least I got to experience Elaine's, even though it was, and, and the worst part was, you know, the head chef at Elaine, that's not that big a deal because the food was known for being awful. I don't blame this guy, Barry, but it was just not known for the food. It was known for its good time. And then you had to give homage to Elaine when you went there. And it was scary. Would she like sit at the front? She would be all over, but mostly at the end, she was so big and fat and out of shape. 
and sick, I guess. I don't know. I mean, she was really heavy that she would sit most, I guess, just in the back or the side. And I remember my uh, friend Steve going up to her and always saying hello, and I'd be terrified. I mean, you know, she was a living legend at that point. And as soon as she died, it closed. It was over. That's sad. See, I never got to go to Elaine's. I never got to go to Studio 54 to see yeah. Bianca Jagger. Well, I was too young to go to Studio 54, but I was old enough to go to Elaine's. But again, not in its heyday. But exciting nonetheless, you know, and, and of course, why was I excited to go there? Not just because Manhattan was filmed there, but <laughs> Big Shot and the people that you knew at Elaine's. I mean, I, when I walked in, I was like, oh, my God. I'm the people that I know at Elaine's. I mean, I'm here. I'm the, it's the song. It's the, here we here we are. I mean, I, you know, I had to go. Well, I think you're such a big fan. You probably went to Elaine's, ordered Dom Perignon, and were wearing a Halston dress. <laughs> so I've got trivia for you. Halston, who he sings about, the designer Halston, rose to fame after designing a pillbox hat for which first lady? Jackie Kennedy. That's correct. Nice. She wore it to JFK's inauguration in 1961. Yep. I remember. You I were there. No, I was <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, have you seen the movie Manhattan? No. Oh, it's so good. I know it's difficult to watch now, but that opening scene alone will just reel you in. He's I'll watch the opening scene just to see Elaine's in its heyday. Yeah, exactly. And that was its heyday. He was filming that. If it came out in 79, he was filming it in, you know, 78. So around the exact same time Billy Joel was writing about it. So that was the heyday. And at least there's documented footage of the coolest place in town. That's so cool for Elaine's to like you have you're in a Woody Allen movie. You're in a Billy Joel song. That's just gets your profile up so high. It's kind of like with the comedy seller when it's like being used in like the opening to Louie. And then all these people start going to it because they see it on TV all the time. Crashing. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely right. Absolutely. That's the fun. And that's what Elaine's was. Well, it's time for our Weird Alon parody of the week. I'm excited. This week, instead of Big Shot, this song is called Big Kid. All right. And it is about the movie Big. Ah. Which we have all seen. And here we go. Well, you wanted to go on a carnival ride, but they said that you were too small. So you went to the Zoltar and wished that you could be tall. And when you wake up in the morning and your clothes don't fit and you can suddenly grow a beard, you go and date an older woman. Hey, you know, that's kind of weird. Because you are just a big kid, ain't ya? Your girlfriend doesn't have a clue. You are just a big kid, ain't ya? Your girlfriend's pushing 42. And even when you told her the truth, she didn't really seem to mind. She didn't even ask you for proof. She's old enough to be your Aunt Ruth. Hey, now. That <laughs> That's it. Oh, boy. <laughs> where, were you, where were you? You're like, you know what will be great? <laughs> what made you think of the movie Big? Because it had big in the title. Oh. I guess it's that. Something. I was like, big shot, big snot. No, that's too. We don't go blue here. We don't want to do gross stuff. Well, good stuff. And I think it is a movie that everybody's seen. So I guess it'll uh, be in the archives of the Billy Joel A to Z Weird Elon performances. 
And I think we should all wonder when we watch that movie, isn't it a little bit weird, that relationship? She's sleeping with a 12-year-old and just doesn't seem to I care. need everybody to just shut up with the movies that were already made and then we'll, we're going to move on. Of Canceled. course it's weird. You can never watch Big again. Uh, the only reference to Big that will exist is in this episode of Billy Joel A to Z. And people right. will say, what's he even talking about? But you're right. It is awkward to see. <laughs> but as a kid, you're like, that's pretty cool. Oh, He's yeah, got a trampoline. He's got a place in Tribeca. He's got a lady. As a kid, I'm trying to build my house just like him now. I think I got all the Pac-Man machines. <laughs> you really are. Well, you got to get those giant rubber balls. I'm, that's coming. Okay. Well, folks, that was Big Shot. If you like our podcast, be sure to give us a rating and a nice review. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you think Dave really knew the chef at Elaine's or was he trying to be a big shot? Personally, I think it was one of the busboys. Also, let us know what accent is Billy doing when he says, no, 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 you have to be a big shot. What is that? Does it exist in nature? And how do you feel about the upcoming John Stamos show, Big Shot? Have mercy. We're all looking forward to it. Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.